We only got three games on Tuesday, but we're still going to talk about them. Look at news, look at waiver wire trends, and there is still some stuff for us to discuss here. Don't go away. I think it's going to be pretty good, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and this is the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5, $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Okay, so we've only got the three games on, so it won't be too long of a show. There's a lot of content yesterday, 11-game show, full James Harden, nonsense, whatever it was, injury, or trade, that's what it was. It wasn't that hard to work out. Injury update show, lots of stuff happening yesterday, so we'll be a little bit um, a little bit quicker through today's show as we go and recap the action from Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween, woo, in the NBA. Let's um, let's look at some news updates now. We start off by just looking at uh, Trey Young, who did appear on the injury report questionable. If Trey is out, then you're going to get a, I would say, pretty sizable boost for Bogdan Bogdanovich. You get more minutes for AJ Griffin and obviously more ball handling opportunities for DeJounte Murray, who, of course, is rostered everywhere. But guys like Griffin and Bogdanovich aren't, so they get a little bit of a boost. And maybe even Sadiq Bey, the depressed penis, he gets a few more shots in the second unit. I don't think it's anything serious for Trey, we hope anyway. The other one to watch, who I didn't actually include on this list, Jalen Duran, the passport legend. We saw his low minutes on Monday. That was due to an ankle injury, and he's popped up as questionable. If he is out, Marvin Bagley, yes, Marvin Bagley, would become interesting when you're looking for points and rebounds. We know the deficiencies in his game, but if you're in a points league, he's really good in that situation where he pushes into a larger role, which he almost definitely will in that scenario. Jimmy Butler and Kyrie are both questionable. Kyrie missed last game. Butler has been um, poor to begin the year, and now it's popping up with knee tendonitis. We know that he's had persistent lower body injuries that usually creep up throughout the back end of the season. It didn't happen last season. I guess maybe part of it was the heat was so bad that he needed to play all of those games to actually push them into the playoffs, but it's creeping up very early at the moment. It's not a great sign. We keep an eye on it, obviously. Um, we did get an update on Booker and Beal where they said there's no particular timetable. They are not just being cautious. They're going through the full rehab process for both. That was more specific to Beal, but they may not play on Thursday. There's still three more games after today for the Suns. So when we get to the Suns game, I'll talk more about the value of those streaming players, but there is a chance they don't play Thursday and they don't play on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. In fact, I'd be stunned if they played both games there on the weekend, back-to-back, meaning you probably only get maximum one game out of Beal and Booker, which has been obviously a terrible, terrible start to the season. The other thing I want to talk about here is the Sixers and the trade. Um, Just quickly, it does appear there is a chance that the Clippers guys... Harden, Tucker, Petrosev, doesn't matter, 
Um, I might play tomorrow against the Lakers. They're already there. We've seen that footage of Harden in the locker room for the Clippers already. The trade is not official at this point, but I think they might actually be ready to go for Wednesday, which would be interesting depending on what happens with Kawhi and Paul George, whether they play um, and Terrence Mann's status. It could give them a little bit of a boost. So watch for Harden and Tucker to play there. The trade needs to be official, of course. And then the Sixers don't play until Thursday with all of those different players. Again, if you want a full breakdown on that, you can see all my projections at Basketball Monster. But I did a live show on that also yesterday, just after the final details of the news dropped. I do have future Sixers trades listed there because we see that they get these draft picks and pick swaps, and they may not be done. The number one target you keep hearing is Zach Levine. Um, I've heard guys like Siakam and Ananobi as well. Not sure how excited they would be to come back and play for Nick Nurse. But the Sixers, while we can look at their value now and be pretty interested, pretty excited about it, there might be some other changes coming. So just be cautious about that when considering the value of a Kelly Oubre, who, again, when we look at the Sixers now, right, you know, the Harden's gone. Well, how does this influence guys? Their roster actually, from what we've seen the first three games, it gets more crowded. So it doesn't get better for Ubre. It doesn't get better necessarily for Melton or for Maxi. Our season-long projections for them get better, but the situation they were in does not improve from where it had been for the first three games because Harden didn't play and Covington and Martin and Batum and Morris weren't on the roster. So we took Tucker out and we added four blokes in. So the situation for guys like Ubre, he doesn't get this gigantic bump forward and Toby Harris doesn't get this massive, massive role jumping, increasing forward. It means they they probably quell the chances of that dropping back too much, but it doesn't necessarily jump significantly forward. And I think that is sometimes that sort of stuff maybe slides under the radar a little bit. And this happens all the time. You have a bloke that'll be out three or four games in a row and then the announcement will come, actually he's out for three months and then someone will go, man, oh, who do I pick up? Who benefits? Okay, we've seen it. We've seen the last three games. We've seen how it shakes out. And that's a little bit similar to what we've got here, except then we've got to find how Covington and Batum and Morris and potentially Martin fit into the mix there with the rotations. If we look at the waiver wire, who is the most added player or the most added players over the last 24 hours? Number one was Eric Gordon. Some of that was streaming today and Thursday. I'm guessing 33% up. One of them was uh, Dracaris Levert up 32%. And of course, he didn't play today. Hopefully, he's okay for tomorrow, but yeah, not great. Couldn't have seen it coming out of nowhere. Jalen Suggs up 27%, a great ad for the Tuesday-Thursday combination. He's been playing pretty well also. Uh, Malik Monk up 20%. Well, he is my featured stream of the day for Wednesday's games, but of course, there's 13 games on. So unless you're going to use him on that day, that's not a priority ad. Now, maybe you would use him, and that is distinctly possible. He won't start. Davion Mitchell will start. But just always be really cautious about jumping and grabbing a guy when they've got five games only in the next two weeks, the Kings, and you might not even use Monk in all of those days. So just be aware of that. DeAndre Hunter's up 17%. He has been playing well. I'm a little skeptical, but he's been playing pretty well. Well, Isaac Okoro, that is a stream for today, for Thursday. Uh, not, not Thursday, I don't play Thursday, sorry. But for uh, they've got two more quality games after that. And that's okay. And with everyone out, that's fine. It didn't work out particularly well today, but that's sometimes just what happens. The most dropped players across the last 24 hours. Number one was Lugens Dort, down 16%. I'm not shocked because I know he is not good. And he will have the occasional big scoring night like he did a few days ago, but he is not a 12-team category league must roster player. You can make an argument for him in points leagues. I won't dispute you on that, but in category leagues, you don't need to hold him. Kobe White down 10%. I totally understand it, right? I do get it. There is two more quality games for him coming this week. 
And I do like the situation of him being a starting point guard. But if he's your worst player and he's at the back end of your roster, yeah, you drop him to stream in a guy like a Cole Anthony or a Jalen Suggs to get the bonus games happening on the Tuesday, Thursday. Eric Gordon, Jordan Goodwin, Grayson Allen, whatever. If you want to do that, you do that. I just know that White is going to shoot better and the opportunity still is afforded to him. Uh, Obi Toppin down 9%, uh, a very clear drop. Gary Trent down 8%. Well, he got dicked by Grady. So... I wasn't already. I was already not big on Trenner, and if he's losing minutes to the Dick Man, I don't really see how we could feel excited about that. Johnny Kaminga down eight percent. Very, 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 very clear drop in twelve team leagues, and the depressed penis goes limp down six percent. That makes sense as well. He is a streamer on the days where there is ability to start him, but he is not under really any circumstance a must roster twelve team league player. Today's episode is brought to you by. FanDuel Sportsbook score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So you put a money line bet on for five bucks. If you win, you get $150 in bonus bets back. And then you can turn those bonus bets and use them on props and spreads and totals and uh, futures and whatever it is that Fangel has, including their parlays, also over there on Fangel. I'm saying Fangel a lot, but that's fine because if you've been thinking about joining old FD, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. So visit Fangel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangel is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. I think that might uh, that might take us into the games. So let's crack in. First one. New York Knickerbockers comfortably handle the Cavs. That's not really a gigantic surprise, um, given who the Cavs had out. And I'll tell you who they had out. Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, Ravishing Rick Rubio, Ty Jerome. The Knicks had nobody out. So let's start with the Knicks. And again, it was a blowout. So a blowout means only 31 minutes for Julius Randle, who had 19 and 10. And his shooting continues to be a disaster class. Like, it is horrible. 36 from the field, 7 of 10 from the line. He is Paulo Bunkero in his way to looking horrible in the rankings. But I would hope, I would assume, that if you drafted Julius Randle, you're well, well aware that he is going to do that. The other numbers are okay. They're not sensational, but they're okay. He's averaging 36 fantasy points as well. So not far off what you want there. The burner, Jalen Brunson. He hasn't really been at his best, I would say. 19 and 5, 2 steals, a 3. Look pretty good but not at his best. While what we did get here was a showing from Isaiah Hartenstein, just to throw confusion into our wilting hearts. 23 minutes, 13 and 7, two steals and a block. We know, well, I know, some of you might not, or you may choose not to believe, that I know that Isaiah Hartenstein is a very good fantasy player. And if he gets minutes, he's a very, very clear top 100 player. But sometimes Mitchell Robinson plays 38 minutes and sometimes Hartenstein plays more than him, which is what happened here. There was the blowout factor here, whereas the Knicks won 109-91. But it wasn't like Robinson was in foul trouble. He played just 22 minutes, 8 and 7 on 100% shooting. Robinson's been very up and down in terms of playing time and production. And that's just going to happen, unfortunately. We only got under 24 minutes for quickly. Now, 18 points is really good. But these low minutes continue to be a concerning thing. If you're in a 10-team league, I don't think that quickly necessarily is must roster. It was better to see more minutes from Josh the Hitman Hart. 28 minutes here, but man, come on. 5, 7, and 3. We don't need to hold onto him in 12s while we finally got a stinker from RJ Barrett. And this is the RJ Barrett that we all love and absolutely dislike. 16 points in 25 minutes, 3 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 39 from the field, and 3 of 4 from the line. And I told you many times, 
show me for a whole season, Rowan, before I believe you. And he did it for a couple of games, and then we went straight back to old bullshit Barrett. He's fine as a points league guy, averaging 29 fantasy points per game, 90th in the NBA at the moment. Category leagues, he's pushed outside the top 100. But we just get so many of these nonsense performances from him that it does become frustrating. Grimes, uh, I, I wish... I think Grimes is really good, right? I wish they could just pump 35 minutes into him, but they're never going to with the way this roster is currently constructed and the way that Thomas Thibodeau II is running out these rotations. So five points for Grimey in 22 minutes, two steals, one briefcase, one haircut. That's it. We don't need to hold him in 12 or 14 team leagues. I don't think there's much else going on with that one. Not really. We had six assists from the big ragu himself, Dante DiVincenzo, but that's about it. On the Cavs side, what do we take out of it? Well, we take out of it that Donovan Mitchell returned and that he will play tomorrow. So that's cool. 26 and three with three steals on 55%. We love that. Evan Mobley, uh, yeah, not good. Not very good at all. Six and 12, five assists and two blocks. And what I take out of it is 12 rebounds is good. Five assists is good. Two blocks is good. But bro, can you take some shots? Minus 19 with a 16 usage with everyone out. That's concerning. Now, on my live stream earlier today, on the pregame show, I said, hey, look at all these Cavs guys that are out. Keep an eye on another Porter Jr. We know the NBA has a rule in place that if you come into the league and your name is Porter, you have to be a junior. There's no other way around that. This was Craig Porter Jr. I said, this guy is a mini Derek White. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 42% shooting. Yeah, Derek White. He's a rim protector. He's 6'2". He's such an interesting player. He's on a two-way. We're not going to get many opportunities to see Craig Porter do this, but just a name that you need to keep in the back of your head. Imani Bates played 23 minutes, 9 points, 38%, 6 rebounds. Did his little thing. I'm not sure when he or if he's ever going to be able to contribute to a real NBA team, but he did his thing. And then we got the real fart-in-your-mouth performances from Max Struess and Isaac Okoro. Struess had been so far out over his skis that you knew you were going to get one that blew back down. 33 minutes, so that's totally okay. Six points, 22%, three rebounds, no defensive stats. It stinks. It's bad. Now, he still remains a 12-team league guy, but what he was doing was so far and away above anything we have seen Struder to do at any point in his career. And he was doing it playing 40 minutes a night, grabbing almost double-digit rebounds with big assists and shooting uh, pretty, pretty strong numbers with high usage. And all that stuff would filter back down as each player came back. You still hold him, but we can reconvene on this in three weeks we might be singing a different tune. I wouldn't be shocked. Okoro had been showing some flashes. He wasn't dreadful by any means. 25 minutes, 11-7, but Dean Wade was dreadful scoring in, uh, scoreless in 16 minutes. As for someone like Isaac Okoro, I think what we just do with him is if these guys all out, you stream him, but you know, while it has looked breakout-ish at times for Okoro this season, I think we might be just a little bit away from that being a, uh, a consistent thing. All right, so the second game of the day, the second last game of the day, was the Spurs and the Suns. And yeah, what a um, what a what a crazy finish! Somehow the Spurs win one fifteen one fourteen. Honestly, looked away. I thought it was done. It was like six points with like a minute thirty to go. Ah, the Suns have got this. And then Wemby gets the the dunk, and then Keldon Johnson, the man who's allergic to getting steals, steals it off Kevin Durant off the inbound, rips rips it out of his hands, gets a layup, um, finishes it. And then Durant misses the game-winning opportunity, and the Spurs win it 115-114. Wembenyama only played 28 minutes. They took him out in the middle of the fourth quarter, came back at the end, and ended up playing center to close it out. 
He's going to have some efficiency issues. He tidied it up at the end, ended up with 18 and 8, two threes, four blocks in only 28 minutes. Like it, This is like, not good, Wembenyama, and he's still putting up big numbers. While the horse, Kelton Johnson, had 27, four assists, two steals, which again is just amazing from him, and he was efficient. He has been much better this season, but still prior to today, he was outside the top 125 for category leagues. The big fella, Zach Collins, had 15, 5, and 4. One steal, three blocks, continues to be very strong, while Vassell has been inefficient. I do think that will improve, but he had 18, 6, and 5, and three steals. Interestingly, they closed the game with both Trey Jones and Jeremy Sohan on the court. 24 minutes for Jones, 10, 2, and 3 with a steal and a block. Now, realistically, that's not enough to be a 12-team league player. And also, remember, we did see Jones as a starter last season with no backup, unless you count Devontae Graham, which you shouldn't. And he wasn't really all that exciting. He is coming off the bench now, and you could make every argument in the world that he's a better option to have out there than Sohan, and I get that. But that's not really what this season's about for the Spurs. It's about seeing what Sohan can do. So I don't think he's going into a very clear, unencumbered 30-minute-a-night role. So that means to me, once you lean shallower, you don't need to have him. Like in a 12, maybe you can hold him. You don't have to. But I wouldn't say that it's fait accompli that he takes that rollback. For example, Sohan, 30 minutes, 8, 7, and 5. Now, Sohan's got his problems. No defensive stats, no field goal percent, well, low field goal percentage, low free throws. It's looking like he's not going to be a, a must-roster guy. In 10s, I would feel comfortable dropping Sohan. In 12s, I think depending on the guy that's available, you might look at that as well. He's going to have consistent problems throughout the season, but I don't think that makes um, Trey Jones a necessary must-roster player. The Discman City Arsman played 19 minutes for nine points with a three. He's at least interesting for the, the, the stream option. Now, just back on Sohan and Jones and these guys, they play Thursday, and not many people do. They've got a very good three-quality game schedule. One of them is done this week, but you wouldn't drop them when you've got that opportunity to roll them out there on a Thursday. For the Suns, still no Booker, still no Beal. I touched on it earlier in the show that there's no timetable for them to return. Um, they're going slowly. Yeah, I'd be really shocked if they play Thursday, and maybe they play one game on the weekend. So the guys that we keep rolling with, Eric Gordon, two stinkers to start the season in terms of shooting, but the minutes and chances are there, and that's generally what we want to look at. 20 points, 36 minutes for Gordo, six assists, four threes. Roll with him. Really good opportunity here. Same with Grayson Allen, who's had some bad ones, but 19, 19 and seven, five threes. Yeah, he is fine to roll out there. Josh Kogi's dropped off a little bit. The two blocks were nice. There's no reason you would hold a Kogi when players return. And Jordan Goodwin, I think, will get zero minutes most nights when they are healthy. He only played 15 minutes here. He did have three fouls, six and four. Like, I would prioritize Goodwin, I think, behind Gordon. It's just that volume of minutes, opportunities, and shots that Gordon gets, even though some nights they won't go down. Just having that consistent and persistent opportunity that Eric does have is more valuable than Jordan Goodwin's up-and-down performances. Durant had 26 with seven assists and two steals, and Nurk had 12 and 12 with two blocks. Nurk's been really good. Like top 60-ish sort of player so far this season, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that's rostered Yusuf Nurkic in the past. Eubanks had his nine rebounds, his two blocks, and as a stream guy with the four quality games, you couldn't ask for really anything more from Eubanks. Now, when the quality game schedule for them dips, he's not going to have as much streaming appeal. But at the moment, yeah, go for it. Like he's, he's putting up pretty good numbers at the moment. And then we go through to the final game of the day, the Orlando Magic. Play it in your head. Uh, and the Clippers. The Clippers get the victory in the end here. Well, not the end. They won it pretty easily. 118-102. Let's talk magic. Franz Wagner continued to be pretty good. We hope he can go a little bit higher, but hey, no real complaints. 14-8 and eight with two threes. But there are some complaints with Paulo Banquero. 
15, four and four is solid. Four steals is actually excellent, but he continues to absolutely destroy your percentages. 39 from the field, four of eight from the line is horrid. He, he needs to be better. Don't drop him. Don't trade him away because of this, but it's not good. It is good at the moment for Jalen Suggs. 32 minutes for Suggsy. 11, 6, and 3, a triple one, 50% shooting. More importantly, he did play 32 minutes, even though he was a minus 12. He got the minutes and Cole Anthony did not. We've seen those minutes sort of switch back a little bit towards Suggs recently. And the schedule's great. So if we streamed him today, we hold him through Thursday. But he's looking more and more like a 12-team hold, whereas Cole is, again, a really solid stream. Didn't perform too well here. 10 points in 18 minutes. It's not great. But you're holding for the schedule. Then when you want to move on, you move on. Like That's the sort of nature of these guys. Mo Wagner was really good. 13-1 and one, and one assist as well. A steal and a block. Lots of ones for Mo Wagner, who can do this in limited minutes. He's a little Isaiah Hartenstein, and not because they're both uh, German centers, because when they play, they rack up numbers in a big way. And we saw that for both blokes today. Wagner's not a guy we need to uh, roster for 12 teams, but we can stream him in for the schedule. As for Wendell Carter, the guy who's in front of Wagner, another quiet night. Now, someone asked me today, I think on the live show pregame, about Carter and his usage. Oh, it's not that bad. And I looked and it was like 7%. I went, Jesus Christ. Like, it's not going to stay that low. And it, and it won't. And it didn't. 18% usage. The shots just didn't go in today. He took eight of them and hit 25%. So instead of going two of eight, if he goes five of eight, that's six extra points. It's 13, eight, and three with a steal. And you go, I'm actually pretty happy with that. And that's sort of the way I think you need to look at it. It has not been a very good start for Wendell Carter. I understand this. But I do not think that there is a minute split or that Mo Wagner is taking that job. It is always just about just those little things. The shots came, that's back to around normal for him. And he just didn't hit him, much like Xavier T. Ullman yesterday. He's not a 25% shooter. A 13, eight, three with a steal game is perfectly good. And we wouldn't have any complaints about it. Markel Fultz is rolling again. And what? Not rolling. At least the minutes are. That's what I mean. 12 and 5 with a steal and a block. He's still got a ways to go to be better. On the Clippers, we don't really get much out of this because there was no Batum, uh, no Batum, Morris, Covington, Martin. They're all gone. Terrence Mann was out. Harden and Tucker aren't available. And then tomorrow, we'll get maybe some of them. Maybe Harden plays, but maybe Kawhi doesn't. I'm not sure. And I'm just recording this immediately after that game is finished. So I haven't heard anything particular about George and Leonard. I would expect that Paul George plays. He played 33 minutes here. Kawhi played 33. I'd say there's a chance that Kawhi plays, but I wouldn't think it's likely. George had 27-7-7 with six triples. Westbrook had 18-6-7 with five steals and a block. Do not take this as an indication that Westbrook's a must-roster player because, of course, Jim Harden is going to nuke a lot of that value. Powell was pretty good, 29 minutes, 17-3-3 with two threes, but when you're going to add Mann and Harden and even Tucker into the mix, he's not going to be able to do this. Well, the big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland, 17 points, four threes, 32 minutes. Now, you could consider him an interesting option to stream for tomorrow, but if all these guys play, he's going to find it really hard to get enough minutes that he's been getting early on, and he's been really good. But I don't see how he plays 20-plus minutes with Harden arriving on this team. The 23 minutes for Zubats, you should be a little concerned. It's not foul trouble. And now that they've got PJ Tucker, the master outside of Draymond Green of playing small ball center, and there's Plumlee, and there's Zubats, I don't think there's any way that Zubats is sniffing 28. And if he's at 25 a night, that's not a must-roster guy, I don't think, for Ivica. So you could consider what to do there. We got 22 cockroach minutes, 10 and 7 for Mason Plumley, and Kobe Brown had 7 and 2 in his minutes. Um, they started Bones, which was a little surprising. But again, we can't really take a huge amount out of this, just given all of the players who were um, 
who are not available and the rotation is going to change up maybe as early as tomorrow pretty significantly. All right, so let's have a look at how the um, how the streams of the day went down. Some wins, some losses. Cole Anthony is a 12-team streamer. I wouldn't say that that was the best choice. There were other ones we could have gone with. He played under 20 minutes and had 10-2-1. The 14-team streamer of the day, I'd say a W. Jalen Suggs, 11-6-3 with a steal on a block. And the 16-team category streamer of the day, Bones Highland. Massive W. 17-0-3, one steal, zero blocks. You'll notice the 12-team points one is not on there, and that's because it was Karis LeVert, and the bloke did not play. So, yeah, we count that as a neutral, which is unfortunate. Or maybe it's a loss, because maybe you added him and he didn't play, which, of course, we had no idea was going to occur, unfortunately for us and unfortunately for him. So now, the monstrous line of the night. There are a couple of options we could have gone with, um, but what we are going with here is it's in the Clippers game, and I'm going with Paul George. Georgie had 27 points. He had seven rebounds. He had seven assists. He had six assists. Uh, sorry, six triples. It is going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out when Jim Harden is in the lineup. We might see that tomorrow, but George was great, and I don't think that he drops significantly with Harden around. I think he drops a bit, but not absolutely significantly. Next up, we look at the young... No, we don't look at the young gun of the night. That's the wrong one. What we do look at is the waiver wire line of the night. And again, that's the wrong one. I'm. Let's go th uh, three of three. Do we get it right? Yes, the waiver wire line of the night. That one is the correct one. So we're going waiver wire line of the night. We are going to Phoenix for this one. And it is Grayson Allen with 19 points, five rebounds, and three assists. He does have three more quality games this week, and we might not have any Booker or any Beal, so that makes him an interesting stream. I would still prefer Eric Gordon over him, but he is an option. Now that we've got it right, I hope, now we hit the young gun of the night. So much build-up. I wonder who the young gun of the night is going to be. Maybe it's a, uh, a tall, skinny gentleman in San Antonio. It is. It's Victor Wembanyama, who had 18 points, eight rebounds, and four blocks. And lastly... The one you've all been waiting for. Who is the dud of the night? Well, we're going to head to the first game of the night to figure that one out. And we are going to go to a superhero. We're going to go to the Winter Soldier. Max Struess, six points, three rebounds, 22% shooting. He struggled. It was going to happen at some point. He'll be fine. Hold on. And then we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Now we can go in and have a look at the top six players across category leagues, points leagues, and the top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. So let's start with your top six guys in category leagues for today. Paul George, like I said, was number one. His teammate, Russell Westbrook, was number two. Grayson Allen, three. Kevin Durant, four. Donovan Mitchell, five. And Victor Wembanyama comes in at number six. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues, of course, Grayson Allen is at one. Eric Gordon at two. Excellent stream targets. Hartenstein at three, Norman Powell at four. Hmm, Powell maybe tomorrow, but there's 13 games on, so I wouldn't be too excited there. Drew Eubanks, great stream, three quality games left this week. And Jalen Suggs, also going to play on Thursday with a little bit of value there. And then lastly, your top six players in a Yahoo points league. Number one was Russell Westbrook, followed by Paul George, Keldon Johnson, Yusuf Nurkic, Donovan Mitchell, and Kevin Durant. And guys, that will do it. For me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, I reckon you might know what to do by now. Just drop a comment down below, your thumb it, throw it straight up the middle, ring the notification bell, yeah, all that stuff. Guys, thank you so much for listening, everyone. So yeah.